Welcome back to another episode of the Playing Hooky Bowfishing Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Cody. Before we get into this week's conversation, I just wanted to let you know, if you want to book a trip with us for the 2023 season, we do still have some open dates available. Now, I know Minnesota isn't exactly number one on everyone's list of states to bowfish, but there really are some amazing fisheries here, especially if you're coming from a state that is more restrictive on the types of fish that you can shoot. So whether you're coming from one of those states that's a little more restrictive, or you're looking to shoot your biggest common carp, or maybe you live in Minnesota and you just want to learn the rivers here a little bit better, we'd love to get you out on the water. I'll leave all our contact info in the show notes so that you can contact us if you want to book a trip. Next up is merch. If you want to get your hands on some aim lower merch, we have hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and we'll be adding more all the time. To get yours today, you can go to www.playinghookyguideservice.com forward slash shop. I have one more thing here before we get into this week's episode. If you listen to this podcast and you think it's pretty okay, don't forget to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to us. It really helps us out and is greatly appreciated. So thank you so much for doing that. And with that, let's get into this week's conversation. All right, this week on the podcast, we have Stephen Banizak. And, you know, Stephen is doing a bunch of really cool things. He's down in Texas, and, you know, he's he's making videos. He's shooting all kinds of fish. Um, it's going to be a really cool conversation, kind of unique, right? I mean, Stephen's just down there rocking it and just honestly, like, living a dream life, it seems like. He's always making videos of bow fishing and that's great. So we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about working with the DNR with some invasive species. We're going to talk about even some MMA, believe it or not. So stay tuned for all that. But before we get into it, Steven, man, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be on. Awesome. We're, we're excited to have you. I mean, it's going to, like I said, I think it's just going to be a really cool, unique conversation. So We'll uh, we'll jump right into it. Why don't you start with how you got into bow fishing, man? What brought you to this crazy sport? Yeah, so you know, I always grew up. Uh, my dad was a big outdoorsman, so he did a lot of hunting and fishing, and I didn't really enjoy it that much when I was a kid. But as I got older, you know, I started getting into it and uh, did a lot of a lot of archery and a lot of fishing. And then actually, it's actually my second professional MMA fight. I use the majority of the money because you don't get you don't get paid that much when you first start out but and i went and bought a ams bow fishing kit and a bow and uh took it out and that's that's when i tried bow fishing the first time and the poundage was too low and i didn't know what was going on you know and i was i shot 500 times never actually hit a fish but <laughs> uh and then we, later i took it back to the house i figured it out but yeah that's that's how i got started man i went and beat somebody up and then uh use that money to buy me a bow fishing kit <laughs> and just went out and gave her hell. And it's been, I've been hooked ever since. That's awesome, man. That's, that's, I can, I can say that there's nobody that's been on the podcast that like in quotes, yeah, I beat somebody up and then went and bought some bow fishing stuff and killed fish. That's great, man. That's cool. Well, I guess, why don't you talk a little bit about MMA. I mean, you fought professionally. I know this isn't an MMA podcast. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but that's super interesting, man. Why don't you just talk a little bit about like that journey? Yeah, no, I mean, when I, I grew up, uh, I think it was, I was probably 15 and 
you know, same thing like with my dad was a big influence on uh, on everything I, I did. And he was into martial arts and watching UFC tapes on TV. And uh, I was probably about 15 and decided, you know what, I'm going to be a professional MMA fighter. That's what I'm going to do for a living. And everybody thought I was silly, you know, and it probably was a silly idea. But I just kind of was teaching myself and uh, until I was old enough to, you know, get a job and go to a gym myself and then started fighting about 20. And, you know, my first year fighting went 7-0, and won two title belts, and uh, just kind of kept it going from there for probably a good six years or so. Then I kind of decided to step away from the sport, just wasn't as in love with it as I used to be. But, um, yeah, I had a good career, and, you know, obviously everybody's got a lot of regrets, but, uh, you know, it was it was fun. It's, it's a cool thing to always talk about. Yeah, that's that's super cool. So curious, do you see any, like, parallels between, like, MMA and bow fishing? Like, you were attracted to both of those sports, is there anything like a common thread that you think like pulled you into both of those? Well, I don't know about that. I do say all the time that I think spending my life fighting MMA kind of helped me progress as a bow fisherman because MMA is all muscle memory. You know, it's just, you don't have time to think about what's going on. It's just reaction. You just know where the punch is going or if there's a punch coming at you, you just, you don't think about, Oh, I need to move right to dodge it. You know, you just do it. And, you know, shooting a fish instinct you know there's no everybody who both fishes there's no sights you're shooting instinct so it's really the same thing as just muscle memory you just you know where the arrow's gonna go and you don't have to think about it and i think that kind of uh similarity allowed me to kind of get a little better at it you know faster i think just being used to uh just doing things on instinct um, but it's just, you know, I guess the, the real thing about it is too, it's just a fast paced, fun sport. And, you know, that's what MMA is too. So it was kind of easy transition from that to, you know, obviously both is a little bit more relaxing, but, uh, but yeah, it was just, you know, one exciting sport to another. That's a, that's a pretty cool common thread there. I think it, you know, I always kind of laugh when I have clients on my boat that are you know, asking me like, well, where are the sites? And like, how do I know where to aim? And like, they're asking me all these questions and I'm like, it's just instinct, you know, like, just do it, just figure it out. Like it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Like when you just say it like that, but I mean, that's, that's what it is, you know? So it's kind of cool that MMA has that, that same thing there. I think that's cool. Yeah. It's just like the same thing when you're teaching somebody a move or you're learning to move, it's just like shooting at the fish. You, at first it makes no sense and you feel like you're doing it right, but it's just wrong. And then, like, at some point it just clicks. And then it's the same same scenario. You know, your brain just, like, figures it out. Then you just, you know, everybody still has bad days. But, like, once you start kind of understanding, oh, okay, this fish is lower than it looks like it is. And then this is where my arrow is going every time. And, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's very similar kind of learning uh, learning curve there. Definitely, definitely, yeah. That's, that's super cool, man. So... So now, you know, you're, you hung up MMA and you're doing a bunch of bow fishing and, you know, you're making a ton of videos too. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the YouTube videos that you're making and, and, you know, that chapter that you're in right now? Yeah. So, I mean, that was, I bought a GoPro, um, and just, just for fun, you know, I wanted to record some videos and I think that's kind of how most people start out. It's just to relive your fishing trips, you know? So I bought 
uh, GoPro and used it for a little bit, and I put, I was shooting off this bridge, and I shot this fish. I was probably like 20 yards from the bridge, you know, and I hit him in the head and pulled it up, and I had the video, and I, I had, like, no followers, you know, or nothing, so I was like, I almost didn't even post it, you know, and I just posted it, and then I think it was like the next day, some other pages were sharing it, like 20 million views was on one of them. They didn't give me any credit, but hey, you know, that's the world of the internet. But stole my video, got 20 million views on it, and I got a bunch on my page, and I was like, well, like this is uh, this is kind of interesting. You know, I didn't know that there was a, a like a need, like people wanted to see this kind of content, you know. So uh, I just kind of kind of sort of throwing myself into that. Cause you know, when I stopped fighting, I was a little lost in life cause you dedicate your whole life to something for so long. And then when I decided to not fight anymore, it was just like, I was just kind of free roaming around. And then, so I started making the videos on Instagram first is where I really started posting mostly. And, um, just kind of gave me something to do. And it was fun. He just got shoot fish doing the same thing I'm already doing, but just making videos, you know, and started on there. And I, had a few videos go viral on Facebook and this was before TikTok. you know, this was a good long time ago, but then I kind of ended up tra transitioning over to YouTube cause I started thinking I need to start making some money. And now I'm at, I think 460 something thousand subscribers on YouTube. And, uh, so that's where I've been putting a lot of my focus there, but, uh, it's just fun. It's a good time, you know, just showing your fishing experiences with your friends and, and everybody and people think it's cool. So, I just I just enjoy going out and doing it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And and I think that's one of the one of the best ways to get people into the sport, right? I mean, they see a a video on on Instagram or YouTube or wherever and they're like, "Man, that looks kind of awesome." And then next thing you know, you know, they get into the sport. So I think that's that's also a, a pretty positive thing about, you know, the videos that you're making. Yeah, I, I agree. When I first started, there's this dam over here by my house and, and uh i was shooting fish off the dam and it was just me and my brother and you know one of my friends would go out and do it and i posted this video shooting this fish all the way across the river it was like a 60 yard shot and hit this fish in the head and and it got it went crazy got a couple hundred million views and then you know fast forward about a month and well we were the only people out there we would go out there and there were 50 60 people trying to shoot fish off this dam and uh, mostly young kids, you know, who those that's who watches YouTube videos for the most part. So they were all getting into the sport, excited about the sport. And a couple of those kids are they're on my bow fishing team now that I do tournaments with. So uh, you know, they stuck with it, and and it was just cool to kind of see like what an impact you can actually have, and uh, just bringing bringing fun, bringing joy. Everybody's having a great time, and you make lifelong friends. So, uh, you know, I'm glad I was able to have some level of impact on the sport. Um, you know, there's bad that comes with that too, but, uh, overall I think it, you know, it was, it was pretty cool to, to bring some new eyes to it. Yeah. That's, I mean, to be able to see your impact, like right in front of your eyes right there, like that's, I don't think a lot of people get to see like the people they've influenced in the sport, I guess you could say. And so that's that's really cool that you were able to see that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was good for a little bit. And I think the, the pole anglers got mad about everybody bow fishing too much. And they ended up the, the core ended up putting a big, uh, barbed wire fence. So nobody can even go up there and fish anymore. So, uh, they kind of killed that fun. Yeah. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. 
Dang. Well, yeah. So, you know, you've, you've mentioned in some of your videos, um, working with the Oklahoma DNR, they're trying to learn more about some of the invasive species that were able to bowfish. Why don't you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Because I don't think that a lot of people get to, you know, work directly with DNR. And I think that a lot of people, you know, maybe necessarily don't care for the DNR, um, you know? And so it sounds though, like the, the, the folks that you're working with are, you've had a pretty positive experience with it. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. The people I work with, uh, so just to backtrack on it, I, I got an airboat. And so the river here below Lake Texoma, super shallow, most of the year is super treacherous. I mean, there when the current's going, it's insane. There's rebar everywhere, so and uh, it's real shallow. So it's really kind of airboat only, and that's kind of why I bought the airboat was so I could start fishing this river. And uh, I started killing some carp, and then somebody uh, from the Oklahoma uh, Wildlife and Conservation Office reached out to me, and uh, so I started donating carp to them. And then we kind of established a working relationship over there um and then you know like you're talking about with uh you know wardens and biologists and uh everybody in bow fishing it hasn't really meshed well you know there it's a lot of misunderstandings i think there and a lot of uh a lot of stereotypes you know they, they kind of look at us a certain way and and we look at them a certain way but you know in order to you got to build bridges you know if we want the sport to continue to grow um, and not get banned or anything like that. We have to establish some sort of, some type of relationship. And uh, I've always really aimed more towards fishing for invasives anyway. Like I fell in love shooting grass carp. And like even before I really put an emphasis on, you know, tracking down invasive species with, uh, with them, um, I mostly, I mean, I would hardly ever sling an arrow unless it was a grass carp. Like that's just how I was. Like I just enjoy shooting them. And, uh, and I felt like I was doing some good, uh, for the water. Cause you know, everybody like most bowfish, when I started out a pro a pole angler and, uh, you know, I used to do catfish tournaments and, uh, all these things. And I, I care about the fish, you know, and just seeing kind of the destruction that the invasive fish can have. Uh, so I really put a focus on hunting them down. And, um, then I started running into, so the red river, which is the river here comes out of Lake Texoma and it goes down through Arkansas, and it eventually runs into the Mississippi River, which anybody who knows about carp and invasive species knows that the Mississippi River is full of silver carp um, and big head carp, and they're causing a lot of problems there. Uh, if you don't know much about them, they're, they're destructive because they breed like crazy, and um, they're hardy fish, and they're filter feeders, so they eat plankton. Um, which is the building block of the ecosystem in a in a freshwater environment. Um, basically, every fish. So you think about shad, which is like the main fish that predator fish eat. They feed off plankton the majority of their lives, and every single species of fish almost eats plankton in a in the larval state. So you think, okay, these fish are just competing with the paddlefish or other filter feeders. No, they compete with everything. Um, so they, so the the state of Oklahoma, Texas, obviously realized this is a problem. So they've been putting a lot of effort into tracking them down because they've been coming up the Red River. 
Um, I'm trying to see where they're going and if they're having spawning grounds and, um, you know, just trying to keep them from invading the states. Um, so I ended up shooting a silver carp, which I know other people have shot them in Texas before, but I think I was the first to officially report it. So I think officially it goes down as I caught the first silver carp ever in the state of Texas. So that kind of set some stuff in motion with them. And I have a close working relationship with, uh, with the Oklahoma wildlife and conservation office. And, uh, I catch a fish, you know, I, I, uh, tell them where I got them and techniques I used. And so they can help do their research because the river is, it's hard to navigate. It's a tough river. It's a tough, there's mostly private land. So there's almost no access to it. And, uh, so it's, it's hard, you know, it's good to have more eyes on the ground looking. And uh, so I donate to them, you know, the process them, and, you know, we kind of come up with game plans and, and uh, where they might be hanging out. And so it's been, I mean, it's been an amazing relationship with them. And when I first started it, a lot of bullfish especially were like, man, don't do it. Like, don't do it because they've always, historically, they've never been good to us. And uh, I think that's been true in cases. But like I said, you really got to establish a relationship. And uh, I think it's important. I think it's good. And I think it's good to see that that uh, we are useful, you know, both, as both fishermen, we can be very useful because the silver carp and the invasive carp problem is a, it's a massive problem. It's, I mean, it's, they're spending billions of dollars trying to solve this because it's wrecking ecosystems all around the country. Um, and we're just lucky to still be on the ground floor of this. They haven't really gotten bad here yet. Like, it's not easy to find them. Um, so I feel like, you know, we're doing some good and maybe – trying to slow them down from establishing a population here like they have in a lot of the, you know, Mississippi river basin. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know, there was a lot of good stuff in what you just said. I mean, I feel like sometimes there's this image out there that, you know, people that are bow fishing are just like, they just like killing stuff and they, you know, we're going out there and no regard for anything, but it's like, it's actually quite the opposite. I mean, like you were just saying, like, the the invasive species that are now in our waterways these all these different kinds of carp like they're doing some serious damage and we're some of the only folks that are like helping to control that by bow fishing right so i mean i it's i mean it's cool it's honestly cool that the sport that we love is also like making a pretty positive impact on the ecosystem i think yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and uh, here, we are lucky to not really have a huge invasive problem. I know, like, where you're from, it's probably the land of the common carp. Absolutely. I know that's how it was when I was in Michigan. So here, you know, if you're going out and, and shooting, it's it's a little harder to find them. I mean, we still have plenty of commons, don't get me wrong. But not I'm not like up there. I know anytime I've been up north, it's just, I mean, they're, they're in the ditches. They're all over. They're in everything. So, um but yeah, and I think the public perception is the main thing with my videos that I post. Um, you know, it's, I get all kinds of crazy people, you know, threatening to kill me and my family for killing fish. And, and, uh, you know, I get a lot of comments, of course, bow fishermen just sensibly killing everything and killing all the fish. And, and, uh, you know, there is, you know, we do shoot native fish obviously, but, um, that's all, it's all regulated and, and, uh, a lot of places and you know they keep track of of that and and uh, no, i don't think anybody's out there trying to 
just destroy uh, a native ecosystem either. You know, we're just trying to catch fish just like everybody else, just a different method. And um, But as far as getting rid of the invasives go, I think it's going to always be a good tool. And they've been trying for years to convince rod and reel anglers to go after these carp, but they're hard to catch on a rod and reel. You know, they're a filter feeder. You can't, they don't bite. you got to snag them. And uh, they're decent table fare. I don't know if you've ever tried uh, any carp before, but silver and big head carp, they're not too bad. I don't particularly care for commons or grass carp myself, but um, silver and big heads have nice white meat, but... You know, Americans, we're, we are how we are, and I don't think you're going to convince those rod and to go after them. So I think it's, you know, it's going to be up to us to really try to keep do our best to keep them in check. Yeah, it sure, it sure seems that way, you know. I will say I've tried common carp, smoked. So, I mean, you could put anything in a smoker and it would taste good, you know, so that was fine. Yeah. But, yeah, I've heard, uh, <clears throat> I've heard big heads and silvers were pretty good. So it's on my bucket list, you know. I've never even seen one in the water. Yeah, they're 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 reared fish, man, and that's why I'm glad I'm able to help and work with them because they're especially big heads. You know, I know like I, you're probably aware that they use flashlights to catch because they're such skittish fish, and they're difficult to find, man. Like if you don't know how to look for them, you, you really won't see a big head unless you're specifically trying to find a big head. Like they're they could be all around you just everywhere and you would have no you can go out there and fish every day and if you're not looking for them you would never see them because they're just so skittish and they just i like to say they submarine down like if you uh if you blink wrong or move and they don't really swim off they just like submarine down and it just disappeared they're just gone you know so um i'm glad i'm able to kind of help them out and and it's just fun for me too god gives me just some little purpose to do and and uh and, and hunt them down and just the challenge of it I enjoy last year I spent a lot of time standing on a ladder for two or three hours just waiting for you know one to get close enough to put an arrow in and and uh it's not like it's not here like it is you see the videos of Kentucky and in other places where there's just thousands of them jumping it's not like that I mean you could you could fish 15 miles of this river and you, you know, if you if you know what you're doing, you may see a couple, you know, at best. Like it's it's challenging to get them still, um, but that's you know that at least now we have a we have hope. Whereas in other places, it's I mean they they're pulling out hundreds of thousands of pounds a day, and it's still not making a dent in these fish. So um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of fun to just go on the hunt and see how many I can I can shoot. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's super awesome, and you know. While you're kind of talking about big head carp, I uh, I I was watching one of your videos and you've got a uh, a state record. Is that correct? Yeah, I have three state records. Um, I have two for a silver carp because I sh- shot the first one, so it's by default you get the record. You know, nobody else has caught one before, and uh, and then I caught a bigger one. Um, so that is. Uh, that's my other state record. And then I also got the, the big head, uh, state record as well for Texas. Uh, most of the fishing I do is Oklahoma and Oklahoma will recognize records for, for carp. They said they're just not going to do it because uh, they have their reasonings, but they're just not going to do it. So I shot a lot more bigger, big heads and silvers than, uh, than my records, but it was at Oklahoma water. So, um, 
most of the areas I fish that have the carp in them, like 99.9% of the water is, is Oklahoma, not Texas. So I had to be very specific with where I was getting them uh, if I was going to get those Texas records. But you got it done. Got it done, man. It was a, it was. I was stressed out about it for a long time because I just it's just something cool. I mean, I kind of got some trash on it online about it. You know, he's just fishing for records. Like, I mean, well, you, you got to have a reason to do something. Nobody does something for no reason. So, it was just fun for me. It's I got I'm hanging on my wall. Like, I didn't get any money. You know, it's just something I can look at and be like, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, and uh, uh, yeah, I got it done and. It was uh, it was a cool experience, and that was actually the start of kind of me working with the biologist. Was was really my motivation was for the records at first, and then it kind of turned into seeing that I you know there's a need for this, and and I kind of threw myself in it. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And you know, I I was stressed watching the video for you. You know, like I watched it. I watched that first one come off. I watched the the one that you actually got, like kept doing runs, and I was like cringing over here, like, "Oh, don't, don't get off," you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it's tough because, like I said, there's not very many. So if you see the video, it looks like there's a hundred fish there feeding off the top, and there was, but only one of them was a big head, you know, and and there was all buffalo. I mean, we have it's the land of the buffalo here in Oklahoma. I mean, it's Buffalo City. We have just, I mean, you can't even go two feet down the bank most of the time and not see 15 buffalo so yeah they're not a lot of big ones but they're i mean they are thick here so yeah i was just waiting for that that shot opportunity and like i said those fish are so skittish man it's so frustrating and uh and i didn't even have the right gear there like my reel had broke and for most of my bank fishing i actually shoot a hunting bow instead of a traditional fishing bow because they have more power and when you're trying to send that arrow uh you know you gotta you gotta have that power Sure. Um, for those longer shots, so it was. Uh, I was glad I was able to make it happen because I just I didn't even have the right gear and and uh, everything. You know, stars just aligned on it, so uh, it was awesome, man. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, that's that was it was a cool video, man. I enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah. So now, you know, I mean, we've we've covered quite a bit of different you know areas of your life, but. One other one that we haven't quite talked about is you're starting to get into the tournament scene. And so why don't you talk a little bit about maybe some of the tournaments that you've checked out, maybe some that you're going to do this year, you know, just kind of give maybe some folks that are thinking about doing tournaments, like, you know, kind of, kind of get them into it. What do you got? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I love tournaments and that's, that's the real reason that that's what keeps you motivated to bowfish. Uh, a lot of times is, is uh, tournaments, you know, was, that was kind of the thing I kind of got into after fighting was just because I, I love competition and uh, just just to test myself, you know, I'm not really trying to prove anything. I just, you know, I just, it's just fun to kind of just see what you can do. And we had, man, my first boat was my buddy sold me a striper boat, 22-foot deep V bottom fiberglass boat, and we put this ridiculous deck on it and, we were out there just smacking fish. We couldn't go shallower than two feet, but we made it happen. And we did some tournaments for a couple of years that way and a lot of local ones. And uh, we won one or two here and there. did okay. And then it was just – I got tired of losing to the airboat guy. So then I'm going out and getting the airboat. And uh, uh, we've done a lot of tournaments since. And, and I had some good showings, of course. Had some bad showings. But, man, it's just, it's just fun. Like the tournaments, it's just – it's just you're doing the same thing. It's just now you get a little bit of excitement because around every corner it could be that 
that money fish and and you know how these tournaments are most of them you're not making no money it's just it's just the excitement and it, oh it's it's so fun and it's that nice team aspect and my team is great everybody's uh knows where they're supposed to be and because it's not always about just shooting the fish i mean you get people got to get out of the way you got to get the gaff you got to get, be getting back up somebody's got to drive if i'm shooting and and uh, to keep us from crashing and just that team building going out of town with the with the boys you know and uh like we did in the u.s open almost every year since i started bow fishing and uh we did the muzzy in kentucky a couple times and that was awesome just because of the silver carp and stuff there and uh yeah we're gonna we're hoping to do a bunch more this year um i wasn't able to do it last year you know covid kind of made everything tough and for the last couple of years and and everything's expensive, you know, everybody's feeling the, the economy now, so I think tournament appearance overall was down, and but I got a good feeling this year's going to be fun, we already got some good ones planned, I was actually one, thinking about doing on February 4th uh, for the first tournament of the year down on Lake Sam Rayburn here in Texas, so I think that's what we're going to start it out with, and we'll probably make it to the Open in, for, in Tennessee, I want to go up to Michigan for the Worlds, but Michigan is a long trip. But, uh, you know, that's I got a lot of family up there, so it would be cool to go up there and fish and hang out with them too and shoot some of those big, beautiful commons y'all got that's up right. there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it, yeah, I suppose, you know, coming from that MMA background where it's all competition, then this is probably, I mean, you got to love it. You got to love being able to compete in the next sport that you're into. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not obviously, you know, I'll probably look my whole life trying to find the same level of nerves and excitement and adrenaline you get when you're about to go fight somebody in a cage and on, on TV, you know. <laughs> but bow fishing don't quite do that for you, but it's a little bit of the of the excitement, but without all the other stuff to, that comes with it. You know, obviously I get a little nervous still on the bigger tournaments because we do want to do well, and uh, but not having to deal with the crap, man, am I going to – walk out of this cage alive tonight and uh all that stuff so uh you know it's just kind of a little bit of a more mellow version but it's just fun and and hanging out with their, all the other teams and just seeing the seeing the awesome fish that people are the cats because some of these people man they're good man they've been doing this a long time and man there's some good teams out there so it's just nice to see that to have something to strive to as well yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's awesome, man. I mean, no, man, and you know, just talking about like the difference in uh, bow fishing in other places. Like, you know, up there, y'all probably look at some of our fish, and you're like, man, I wish we had those. And then I'm looking at all of them. I love shooting big commons. It's just, but we don't we don't see them that much here. Like y'all got up there, then y'all probably look at we got big gator gar course and stuff down here, yeah. and, and all these other fish. But it's just kind of cool. That's the beautiful thing about tournaments too. Is just every every lake is different, and I think with bow fishing, and I talk with my biologist friends about this a lot too. Is we see the lake differently than everybody else because we actually see it. Like with the lights, you could see all the fish, you could see everything. You're traveling around and seeing the fish's behavior and where they're hanging out, where they're doing. And it's cool to go to other lakes in these tournaments. And I'm not on a normal night. I'm just going to not drive 10 hours and go fish at this random lake, you know, but if right. you tell me I might win 50 bucks, hey, I'm, I'm coming, you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just cool to see the difference in, uh, in, in just the different fish and how everything acts. And, 
you know, you, you try to apply the same rules that you learned here on fish there and some of them stick and some of them just don't make any sense. And, and that's just the fun of it. Just trying to figure out the puzzle, uh, of just fishing in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I mean, I, I didn't even realize how different it was from like state to state until the first year we went down to Missouri and did the open. And it's just like those reservoirs are like nothing like the Mississippi waters that we fish up here. I was like completely blown away. Like, oh my gosh, like this is so different. And then I just imagined all these other states and it's like, you know, I I just want to do a tournament in every state just to like check it out. It's so cool to see how different everything is. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. And I'm sure that's how I felt about Missouri too. I went there and I was like, man, get me out of this state. Like (laughs) (laughs) this is way different than back the first time we went and we've been a few times and you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, but, uh, but yeah, it's cool. Like, uh, I might have to make a trip up to Minnesota one of these days too. Yeah, dude, and, uh, come on up, man. Unfortunately, though, airboats are illegal here, which is... Nope, see, there we go. You know, I, honestly, when I got one, I was so excited. I didn't even think about that. And then and uh, we go around other places, and I got to make sure. And they don't even... Most of the places don't even have, like, a, like you can't even find the rule. You got to call them, like, and then they don't even know. They got to look it up. Oh, it's not legal. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I just bought this boat. I can't even use it anywhere. No kidding. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, we, we, luckily, I, you know, we get a little bit of people here and there, of course, but overall, everybody here is, is cool in my area, so yeah. I'm, I'm blessed to have that, and the river I fish, like I was telling you before, I mean, it's airboat only, you you can't, you can't fish it unless you have an airboat, sure. so everybody who lives on the river has an airboat, Yeah. so, like, no, but they don't ever get mad, they don't care, they'll come out and, and talk to you if they want and, and uh, shoot fish, but. But yeah, man. Yeah, here you can. It's kind of interesting to me because like pusher fans are legal in Minnesota, but you cannot mm-hmm. have an airboat. But they are legal in Wisconsin, and so you can be on the Mississippi River with a Wisconsin fishing license and use one. So oh. there's you know there's some loopholes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Do you have anything? coming up in the the 2023 season that you're i mean we're probably all excited for everything in the 2023 season because everybody just wants to get back out there but is there anything that's like specifically like wow i really want to talk about this because i'm so excited about it yeah i don't know man i i have i just want to do more traveling and more fishing that's really the main thing and and just keep make make some more YouTube videos elsewhere, and maybe try to knock off some new species. Um, I haven't really made a set plan yet on where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. I I do want to head back to Louisiana Bayou because there's no bow fishing quite like that around. It's just awesome. Um, but I don't I don't really have any set plans. Mostly just kind of focusing on my YouTube channel. Really, I'm trying to you know get out of the nine to five life like everybody else and. Uh, um, hopefully make bowfish in my career um, at some point. But, yeah, that's, that's my main focus for the year, just, you know, try to shoot. I'm trying to shoot more fish than I did uh, did uh, last year, of course, like everybody. Um, but I was, I was telling you before the, we started the podcast, I shot 292 grass carp last in 2022. Um, so I'm hoping to beat that. And that's going to be my main focus, just keep chasing down invasives and, 
and just try to get as many tournaments in as I can afford to do. That sounds like a great year, man. That sounds that's and you know it's interesting. My goal, I just talked about this on a previous episode. My goal is to shoot one grass carp because I've never shot one before. So, you know, just yeah. just a different world that I live in up here. You, you just got to hop on a plane, man. We'll get it done. I'll pick you up from the airport. You know, you can do it right now. We're not even, we don't got the six foot of ice like y'all got up there. So, uh, I can go put you in front of a, quite a few of them whenever you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready, man. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you never, they call them, you know, I think they call them the silver bullet, man. That's why I like shooting them. And, we're talking about the, like the muscle memory, and most of the time with these grass carp, I mean, you get a fraction of a second to even think about shooting at them. I mean, they're smart fish, and they will go zero to sixty so fast, and uh, that's what makes them so fun to target too. Is is you roll up in the back of a cove here, you have a shallow flat, and there'll be sometimes fifteen grass carp back there, and you just see all the dust clouds in the wakes, and they're darting every direction, and. And uh, when I take customers and we're running to those cones, most of them don't even shoot because they're just like so like, what the heck, you know? Yeah. It's just it's chaos. So you just wait for one to come flying by the boat at 20 miles an hour and shoot them, and they just they're an awesome fish. And then like we talked about before, they are invasive and uh, destructive fish. So um, you're also doing good when you're out targeting them. So it's a good good bucket list to have for sure for 2022. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2023 for 2023. Oh, man, I'm, I forgot what year we're in. I know, I know, dude. It's, <laughs> it's going quick, man. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, nuts. Cool, man. Well, you know, as we kind of close it up here, um, you know, since it's your first time on the podcast, why don't you share, you know, one of your favorite or most memorable stories from, I, and, you know, I say it every week, and I'm like, Every time that we go out on the water, there's stories because that's just what bow fishing creates. But, you know, maybe there's one that you want to share on the podcast. Yeah, um, let me think for a second. But like you said, bow fishing is <clears> – <throat> my my coworkers at work, I always come in and tell me stories that are like, man, does something crazy not ever happen? Like, do you ever just have a normal day? I'm like, man, I don't know, man. There's always <laughs> – anytime you're out on the water, it's just chaos. and and uh, But – Man, I'll tell you one. When we were, we did the uh, Muzzy tournament a couple years ago in uh, in Kentucky. We fished Kentucky Lake, and it was you know just like every tournament. There's always a storm right there. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. And uh, we were watching that lightning for a while, and we had a couple hours left in the tournament, and it, it here it comes, just hail. It's the middle of summer, and it's just freezing cold. And I take off. We hit a sandbar. It was before I had the airboat, and I guess the motor got dirty in it or something, and it blew the motor. If we had no motor, trolling motor is dead. We barely get to the bank, and we're walking this boat down, and my buddies all jump in the water, and I stay in the boat, um, and I'm just using a little bit of juice to troll motor, and we walk it around. There's this big point that comes out, and the waves are just crashing over, and, and I was like, guys, when we go around this point, like if you let go of this boat, like I'm gonna be out, I'm gonna die out in this lake. Like well, I'm gonna get out there in the middle with these waves. And uh, so we got around the that point, and then that wind was about pulled the boat off. And I was up there on the deck, and that hail just I was freezing, teeth chattering, and uh, and my buddies were pulling the boat, and I jumped in when we hit around that point because I mean it was about to pull off, and I realized that water was like 90 degrees. They were in there nice and comfortable, just. <laughs> 
walk around the water all warm and I was freezing. I was like, why did y'all tell me this water? I didn't think about it. You know, this water was warm. So he got back to the ramp and, and, uh, uh, I just laid in the hot water for a little bit and, and just tried to warm up and we dry, you know, loaded the boat with the winch and, and, uh, but it, I mean, it was a good time. That's, that was the last time I used that boat. I decided I was done with outboards and decided to go with the airboat after that. <laughs> I don't blame like, you. <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep doing this. I went through so many outboards. Just, you know, I, I think sometimes things aren't made for, for bow fishing. And, and, uh, unfortunately that includes outboards a lot of times, I think. But, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, that was, you know, I got a ton of stories like that, but that one really sticks out just because it was just, it was so crazy, man. Like, and, uh, of course, we had life jackets and everything. We were prepared. Like, we weren't being dumb. But, um, but yeah, that was a good time. And, and uh, we drove all the way back with just knowing, okay, this boat's done. And uh, <laughs> But it was still it was part of the fun, you know. It was, it was a great time. Well, that's right. And you know what? Sometimes I think those memories, like with crazy things that happen like that, I think uh, end up being better memories and better stories than, like, winning a tournament you know what i mean yeah and i, I always tell people that's that's kind of how i live my life i like to collect stories and because i like to tell stories and um uh, they're, they're not always going to be you know happy stories and, and i think that's kind of if you're going to be a bow fisherman you got to get used to things like that because there's you know stuff bad stuff's always going to happen anytime you're on the water if you're a fisherman in general except the difference between bow fishing is three o'clock in the morning and ain't nobody coming to help you so <laughs> you know you you there ain't a hundred boats driving now. You can't wave anybody down. So exactly. Uh, yeah. So you got to kind of improvise and figure out how to get through things on your own. And that's, that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. That's right. That's right. And I mean, just like we said, that's what leads to the best stories, you know? So. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Awesome, man. Well, you know, Steven, thanks again for, for coming on the podcast and, uh, and, and chatting about your life and some of the cool things that you're, you're doing down there. Um, before we head out, why don't you just, uh, give folks your, you know, your YouTube channel, your social media handles so that they can, uh, follow along on your, your YouTube journey, your videos and, and everything you're doing down there. Yeah, man. So I want to just do give one more shout out to the Oklahoma wildlife and conservation office here in Tishomingo. They, they helped me so much and man and everything they can. And I really value that relationship together. And, uh, Anyway, I want to give another thank you to them. But, yeah, my handles, you can look me up. Uh, pretty much it's the same with everything, V-Fear, Bowfishing, uh, T-H-E-F-E-A-R, Bowfishing. Um, I got a TikTok. I got a Instagram. I got a Facebook account. I got a YouTube. So check me out there, and I try to keep the videos coming. And, and uh, yeah, I appreciate all the support. Awesome. Well, you know what? I hope uh, 2023 is your year to just – you know, get rid of that nine to five crap and just bowfish forever because that's all of our dreams. And if somebody can do it, you know, I'm going to root for them. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. That's, that's, that's what I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, look, this is, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I figured it out. This, uh, you know, I'm, I've spent my whole life fighting growing up, you know, poor fighting just to get, make it in life and, and literally fighting. And now I just want to relax and, and do some fishing and share it with the world. So yeah, I hope it works out and, I'm going to stay on the grind, and I got a ton of supporters and a lot of people looking out for me and helping me out along the journey, too. So I'm forever grateful for that, and I appreciate you rooting for me as well, man. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And, uh, yeah, you know, maybe we'll see you 
out on the tournament trail somewhere this this season and uh heck maybe i'll come down to texas and shoot some grassies you know we'll, we'll see where the wind takes us yeah yeah for sure man i, I appreciate you having me on absolutely well we'll talk later steven thanks all right thank you